0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Technology Now, a weekly show from Hewlett-Packard Enterprise where we take what's happening in the world and explore how it's changing the way organizations are using technology. We are hosts Michael Bird and Aubrey Lovell.
1: and in this episode we've really hit it out of the park or a slightly more golf appropriate metaphor. We're teeing off. Let's go with that one. We're talking smart sports arenas on a vast scale with a look at how golf is embracing technology to provide lightning fast insight, better customer experiences, live mapping, and even predictive results across huge areas of open land and all weather conditions.
0: Absolutely. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was invited down to Wentworth Golf Course just outside London to meet with Michael Cole, Chief Technology Officer for the European Tour Group and Ryder Cup Europe to talk about pushing connectivity to the limits. Ah, oh, That's awesome, Michael. Yeah, absolutely. And as always, if you're the kind of person who needs to know why what's going on in the world matters to your organization, then this podcast is for you. And if you haven't yet, do make sure you subscribe on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss out. Right. Let's go. So golf is a pretty challenging sport for any number of reasons. On the playing side, being out in the elements means that the way a swing or ball behaves can vary hugely from one moment to the next. Something we touched on in our Technology Untangled episode on the technology of sport last season.
1: But it's no easier from the side of the organizers, broadcasters and ecosystem of suppliers that surround them. Golf courses are huge areas, several kilometers square, right? So they have dozens of acres of maintained grass, often among dozens more of forest or moorland. And in the case of big events, they can host thousands of connected devices from point of sale, to cameras, to sensors, and simply smartphones and watches. So in short, providing connectivity is a huge logistical challenge.
0: Yeah, it is. For organizers and suppliers of connectivity equipment like HP Aruba Networking, it's a unique challenge. And it's the challenge that Chief Technology Officer for the European Tour Group and Ryder Cup Europe, Michael Cole, spends his days solving. Talk us through some of the stats when it comes to the tech side of putting on a major golfing event.
2: Well, the, the stats really evolve from the fact that staging a golf event is a greenfield site. So you are literally building that infrastructure from scratch. So you could literally be deploying hundreds of kilometers of copper cabling, tens of kilometers of fiber, hundreds of access points and switches. Something like a Ryder Cup is obviously one of the biggest events or if not the biggest event that we that we do and it could be anything from over 700 access points in terms of that core infrastructure right the way through to 120 cameras for the TV product and everything that is required to support those uh, those environments. What are the major
0: challenges of holding a major golfing event like the Ryder Cup?
2: Well, you're literally building a town from scratch. In fact, (laughs) I no longer call them towns, I call them smart cities. So to create a smart city, probably over the course of about six weeks for a a four-day duration for a a major tour tournament, or in the case of the Ryder Cup, a three-day tournament, Mm. is probably the biggest challenge. And if uh, across our regular schedule, we are hosting 44 tournaments in 29 different countries across five different continents. But the scale of the Ryder Cup is is far bigger than anything else in golf, and certainly is a uh,
0: testimony to the huge amounts of work that, that go into it. You've got hundreds or even thousands of connected devices and a huge amount of bandwidth. How do you keep that running outdoors over large distances? Are we talking lots and lots of fiber? <laughs> We have
2: to build the stage in order for the show to take place. And building that stage across a a 250-acre site um, can be a challenge. And we have to use a combination of technologies. We may not have power uh, accessible in every part of the course. So we have to be creative, uh, use solar where we can. In fact, for the Ryder Cup this year, uh, we will be deploying our first ever solar-powered access point. You know, how is that for first for our, our Wi-Fi. We use satellite connectivity where, where we need to. Everything is fully redundant. Everything has to be diversely rooted. We cannot have any single point of vulnerability. It is a big challenge, but I have a great team behind
0: me. We work with great partners and we know what we need to do. What are the unique challenges that you face being a CTO in your particular field? I have often said that golf is probably the most complicated sport in the
2: industry. In our regular tournaments, we're 156 players. We're not a stadium. Uh, We're actually 18 fields of play. We don't play for 80 or 90 minutes. We actually play for four days or, again, three days for the Ryder Cup. And we have a mix of formats. Um, Sometimes we play stroke play. For the Ryder Cup, it's match play. And that is... A complex environment in which to, to manage mm. our job in technology is, is to try and simplify some of that complexity not within the field of play itself because golf is golf but some of the nuances um, that emanate from that complexity
0: yeah so where where do you go from here what's the plan for the next three to five years i suppose you've got the next couple of months for the Ryder cup what happens after that Well, I get really excited around the period of the Ryder Cup. And part of the reason
2: is we make a significant investment in technology. And uh, this year for the Ryder Cup, we are investing heavily in HPE's uh, and Aruba's new inventory around access switches, around GreenLake and around access points. And uh, that's going to bring a a whole new raft of capabilities. Now, for us, this isn't just a one-off event. That investment will actually service the European Tour Group for the next four years. So I get to enjoy both the pioneering nature of these new capabilities that we will have at our disposal for the Ryder Cup this year, but equally how we then further leverage and exploit those capabilities over the next four
0: years. If there's one thing that tech leaders in other fields can learn and take away from how you and your team do things, what would that be?
2: Well, we've recognized that connectivity was king, but people expect more than that now. We recognize that data championed everything, but actually you have to go beyond that. And, and one of the things that we are bringing out, particularly for this Ryder Cup, is intelligence. Think about data in, intelligence out. This is all about generating valuable insights from that data and importantly, creating actionable outputs and outcomes. And that is something that we're working really hard to deliver strong capability for the Ryder Cup, both in terms of what it means for spectators, some wonderful new features in terms of shot commentary and probability outcomes, spectator tracking and monitoring um, through to what it means for journalists and media around weather stations on on every hole and the fact that we are recording up to 15 measurements of, of weather every three seconds mm. on every hole right the way through to our operational delivery and uh, again through the incredible help of Hpe Aruba infantry and Green Lake capabilities we're bringing all of that together in terms of what we're calling the intelligence war and this is a wonderful kind of showcasing of bringing it all together in a floor to ceiling visualization of multiple data sources, multiple aspects of intelligence that will allow us for the Ryder Cup to showcase new innovation and capabilities. But equally beyond the Ryder Cup, we will use this for remote management, giving us the ability to be able to manage and track our technology on
0: any tournament that we're staging anywhere in the world, but from here in Wentworth. How collaboratively are you able to work with partners such as broadcasters and sports analytics groups as their demands on data grow? We have
2: to work hand in glove with our key stakeholders and the broadcasters are fundamental to the success of our product. They are literally, literally taking the product from the course, creating that TV broadcast and distributing that broadcast to over 150 countries worldwide. That's an addressable market of 600 million households. So they're key to us, Mm. and we work really closely with them. One of the aspects that we're looking at at the moment is remote production. We typically have between three to 600 personnel on site, just for TV production alone, anywhere from 30 camera crews up to 120 camera crews for the Ryder Cup. And what we're looking at is how technology can enable us to be far more efficient. That efficiency is hugely beneficial to us as a business. It enables us to put more uh, cash into prize fund for, for the Players, it's hugely beneficial for the personnel because they're not having to go on the road so often and so much for so long. And equally, it's the right thing to do for the planet as well, uh, reducing our carbon footprint. So, you know, it's a key example of how technology will greatly enhance, if you like, the operational efficiency of our key broadcasters around the globe.
1: That's fantastic. Thanks so much, Michael Cole and Michael Bird for traveling over to interview him. We'll come back to the interview in a moment to talk more about the specifics of golf and his view for the future of the Connected Tournament. So don't go anywhere. So next up, it's down to you, our audience. We open the floor for you to give your recommendations on books, which have changed the way you look at the world, life and business in the last 12 months. They could be technology-based, have changed the way you work, or they could have just made you look at the world in a different way.
0: And if you want to share your recommendations, there's a link in the podcast description. Just record a voice note on your phone and
3: send it over. My name is Tony Ricketts and uh, a book that I've read, which uh, I suppose really shaped me, was Bill Bryson, A Short History of Everything. It was my introduction to popular science, and it's a very introductory text for popular science because of the way that Bill writes. But he manages to really encapsulate things which I've always found interesting about science, particularly astronomy uh, and physics, and put them in everyday language, which was just really simple to grasp, but also at the same time, just things which blow your mind uh, and make you ponder new questions. And his writing style, apart from the humor, which is great, I really adore the way that he is able to get to something which is complex quite simply. And I think the biggest thing that I took away from that is, All the writing I do now has been slightly shaped by it, trying to take things which are complex and making them simple. So even emails, if you look at my emails, you'll probably see the thumbprint, the DNA of Bill Bryson.
1: All right, thanks for that. Now it's time to return to our interview with Chief Technology Officer for the European Tour Group and Ryder Cup Europe, Michael Cole. And in this half, we're going to be talking more about how to use connectivity to create next-generation experiences for spectators and keep the sport at the cutting edge.
0: Do you see the way in which we consume golf changing? It's a really
2: interesting question and absolutely For sure. I can talk about what it means to to the armchair fan and I can talk about what it means to the on-course spectator. And that for me right now is too far apart. And technology and the evolution of engagement will start to address that gap it isn't about shifting where the tv product is at right now because i believe it's in a really really good place it's actually about bringing the experience of the encore spectator closer to the experience of the armchair fan and technology is helping us to do that i could talk about what i would call kind of three E's. keep it really simple one is about the engagement in how we're communicating to that spectator, well, so on the course, helping them to understand what has happened across 18 fields of play. Another E will be about the excitement and a couple of nice features that we're we're launching at the Ryder Cup this year is uh, probability outcomes. So the consequence of every shot, what it means in terms of winning that hole, winning that match, winning that session, or even the the competition, and equally. Uh, whole commentary. So for the first time on the big screen, spectators will be able to see exactly uh, the distance of the drive, distance to the pin, lie of the ball, what that player is putting for. We've got a great player locator feature, not only showing this interactive map and for fans to be able to follow their favorite players but actually clicking through and actually having the through score of, of that player you know these are all aspects of insight that previously haven't been available and these are all the features that typically the tv fan is kind of had access to on mm. their second screen device but they've never had access to actually on the course and if you like the the last e is about experience. And this is really the the afterthought, you know, I want every fan to go away thinking that was the best sporting experience I've had in a long time, if not ever. So if we can get those three E's correct, that's a big tick in the box. What do you think the next breakthrough will be from a fan
0: perspective?
2: Well, there's a lot of talk about augmented reality. I've never necessarily been a big fan of the big kind of goggle boxes, Mm. um, the big headsets. And I think if there is a way that we can create that sort of immersive environment, but without the overhead associated with the hardware, I think that's kind of where we we need to get to. And why is that important? Because every golfer out there, amateur golfer, wants to know how they would fare against playing with Roy McIlroy on, on, on the sixth quarter. Whole of the Marcus Simone, and even better, you know, beat the pro, and 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 doing that in that immersive augmented environment, I think, is absolutely the the solution. But right now, I don't think the industry is quite there with being able to create that, and that's important. You know, people talk about wearing these headsets, uh, live sport. You know, live sport should be about the moment. Technology should be quite frictionless, and that is one of the underlying principles that we work towards in terms of. creating a frictionless environment, you know, onboarding people onto the Wi-Fi without them even realizing it or or ticking a box, you know, giving them that immersive environment. And that is critical. So technology shouldn't be the barrier to that environment. It should be the enabler and it should be as frictionless as as possible. Amazing.
1: All right. Thanks, Michael. And to Michael Cole and the team at Ryder Cup Europe for their work pulling the interview together. And again, we'll drop a couple of links in the podcast description for more on these topics.
0: Right then, we are getting towards the end of the show, which means it is time for (coughs) This Week in History, History, which is a look at monumental events in the world of business and technology, which has changed our lives. Top marks, Aubrey. top marks.
1: Absolutely. And the clue last week was, it's 1993 and I'm searching for answers. It is, of course, the arrival of the search engine. Michael, we were right. I got it right. It's hard to believe that it was 30 years ago this week that searching the internet became a possibility with the launch of the W3 or CUI WWW catalog. Launched by a team at the University of Geneva, the search engine didn't crawl the entire web. Instead, it identified existing collections and registries of links kept by organizations and individuals, and then broke them down and reformatted them into individual entries. So it was a pretty inaccurate and time-consuming way of doing things because every single link was manually checked. And by 1996, the engine was out of date and had to be replaced by the more modern web crawler type.
0: Now, the clue for next week is the first computer to have six legs. Oh, (laughs) I have no idea what that is. Anyway, if you know what that is, don't tell. It will be revealed next week. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of Technology Now for this week. Do keep those suggestions for life-changing books coming in using the link in the podcast description.
1: And in the meantime, thank you so much to our guest, Michael Cole, Chief Technology Officer for the European Tour Group and Ryder Cup Europe. And to our listeners, thank you all so much for joining us. Technology Now is hosted by myself, Aubrey Lovell, and Michael Byrd. This episode was produced by Sam dada and Zoe Anderson, with production support from Harry Morton, Alicia Kempson, Alison Paisley, Alyssa Mitri, Camilla Patel, and Alex Podmore. Technology Now is a Lower Street production for Hewlett-Packard Enterprise. We'll see you next week. Cheers.